0: You're listening to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast, episode 85. I'm telling you some major findings from social media examiners, big report. Here we go. Welcome to the Seminary of Hard Knocks, a podcast designed to help you master church communications and social media. These are practical solutions from the trenches that any church can use. Now, let's join your host, Seth News, who finds hummingbirds pretentious. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast. Today, I was supposed to have the first of a new thing I'm trying to do, which is telling you some stories from the trenches that I think are really interesting that have happened to me. So maybe you'll relate, maybe you'll learn some things out of it, maybe some leadership lessons, things like that. However, my computer decided that we didn't need that stuff that I recorded a long time ago, so uh, we're just going to move on past it. Thanks, computer. You're the worst. Um, uh, So anyway, but I had this other thing I wanted to do anyway for this episode, and I'm really kind of glad that it, it tanked because uh, this is current right now and I feel like we need to talk about it. Social Media Examiner is one of the leading social media guru kind of collection agencies that is out there that will tell you a lot about social media and what's going on and train you how to do it. They do a big conference that's really, really good every year. Um, Social Media Marketing World, I think is what it's called. But uh, they release an industry report every single year, and I've got it. And you can have it, too. I'll put it in the show notes. You can go get the whole report for free and download this thing and read kind of what all these marketers that they interviewed are saying about the state of social media. It's important for us in the church to kind of pay attention to the trends of what's happening. But again, even though we're doing that, I want to encourage you, always contextualize this stuff for your church don't just take a strategy and go well i'm going to lift that out over here and stick it right over here in my church and it's going to work it may not it may not work with your audience may not i just saw somebody today that said we never get traffic to our website from social media and i'm like oh that's crazy because i get like 40% of our traffic comes from web, from social media <laughs> to our website so it it's different your audiences are different your crowds are different it depends on how people interact with you what's on your con- what's on your site etc all that could be totally different so when i tell you this stuff understand look for the principles look for the trends look for things that you go this might be the case because there's some things in here that are pretty shocking and uh, i can't wait to get to you so let me get to some of these highlights and tell you a little bit about what this means for us as church communicators (laughs) Okay, first of all, let's get to it. Um, the major finding, number one, is that Facebook is declining. It's there's clear indication that marketers are not just leaving Facebook. They're they're still on Facebook, but what they're doing is diversifying. So basically, they're not putting all their eggs in the Facebook. Basket. They're trying new platforms. They're going to Instagram a lot. And we'll talk about that in a second. They're trying YouTube. They're trying LinkedIn. They're trying Twitter even. They're well, not really. They're not nobody's really trying Twitter. Sorry. If you love Twitter, it's great for networking. But for a church, I would love anybody to tell me what's a great Twitter strategy that doesn't require me to be on my phone all day long for my church. And I'm all ears, but I just haven't heard a good one. But the most important thing is that Facebook is declining. They've had some some privacy issues, some people are jumping ship. And with the Pixel, recently just had this news about the Pixel not really doing some of the things it used to do. And the, the news feed is going to be even more slammed. And it's just harder and harder to get your content in front of your own audience on Facebook. And so people are starting to go, this is just not worth it. And they're jumping ship. It said, 51% of marketers plan on increasing their Facebook organic activities, but that's a lot less than the 62% who said they were going to increase it last year. So fewer people are saying they're going to increase their, their marketing plans. And something really important, only 10% said, or actually 10% of marketers said they're actually going to decrease their organic marketing strategies for Facebook, which is interesting so where's that going? It's obviously going other places. Probably going to be Instagram. Probably going to be YouTube because those things are good right now. Um, so that was the number one. It just it's dropping the platform. It says it dropped from sixty seven percent in twenty eighteen to sixty one percent in twenty nineteen. And what dropped is the marketers saying that um, that it's, it's just got the share of like this is where we are putting a lot of emphasis. And there's and only and it dropped a little bit of who's putting emphasis there. So anyway, uh, second. Interest in messenger bots is declining. Messenger bots are are not catching on, and some some of us are really using them well. But it feels like we've all seen the examples of the messenger bot gone wrong. That someone is ask, ask maybe asking for a prayer request, and then the messenger bot is like, "That sounds great. Where can we direct you?" And you're like, "That's not what I was saying. That's wrong." You know, and it, it's it's scary to have that automated response kind of thing going on. Um, i I actually subscribe to only one messenger bot and I'll tell you what it is. It goes to Neil Smith, uh, his podcast, social church. And it is once every once in a while, I get a message from, uh, the podcast when they release a new episode and it comes to messenger and has a link and it's not very intrusive. It's not annoying, but that's all they do with it that I really see. And it works a lot like an email automation, these messenger bots. But they're really complicated to work, really hard to kind of in- implement unless you know a little bit about this stuff. And most of us don't. So they're kind of not catching on. Only 14% of marketers are using bots, which is down only 1% from 2018. But but 32% said they're going to increase the bot activity, which is down from 39%. Uh, but the interest in learning more about it dropped from 70% last year saying 70% of marketers like I need to learn more about bots this year 45% said I need to learn about bots so that kind of tells you a little bit like the usage hasn't really dropped but the but people but marketers going I want to use this is really dropping so messenger bots are really kind of complicated and plus I'm all for the the personal touch. And I think for churches, that's probably a stronger foot forward anyway. All right, number three is my favorite one. Here you go. You ready? Instagram is hot. Instagram's hot. 73% of marketers using Instagram, which is up from 66 last year. It's the second most important social platform for marketing behind Facebook. And it took that second place spot from LinkedIn for the first time this year. LinkedIn was third. Now this is marketers. Remember, I know churches probably aren't really digging into LinkedIn. But uh, for marketers, Instagram is actually way up. And now everybody with 10 followers is an influencer, which is great. You know, awesome. That's sarcasm voice, but it's still, it's a growing platform. And I love Instagram. You know how I feel about it. Instagram's life over here at the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast. I hardly ever post anything to Facebook. I have a Facebook group, but my main way of interacting with people who are kind of new or don't really, you know, subscribe to the podcast is that Instagram account that I have. Um, and then if you're want to subscribe to the Facebook group, we do a lot of interesting stuff in there too. So that's a great place. Anyway, uh, a little bit more personal, uh, conversations and not personal, that's weird. It's not personal. It is, it is more in depth conversation about communications in general. So <laughs> that's a funny sentence I just said. It's an in depth conversation about communications in general. Yeah. That made a lot of sense. It's the second most important social platform for marketing now. And that, that looks to be growing. And I'm super excited about it. It's the number one platform that marketers said they want to learn more about. And that's the first time anyone's ever said they want to learn more about something other than Facebook. Instagram beat Facebook in that category of what marketers want to learn about. Awesome. Number four, engagement matters most. For the first time in our study, I've been saying this for years already. Engagement, engagement, it, it trumps everything you do on social media. For the first time, it says how to achieve better engagements, the top question marketers want answered. And it says this is really likely because the Facebook news feed change, now the pixel change, all that is incentivized stuff. So conversations are how to get your organic marketing going on any of these platforms. So if people aren't commenting on your on your on your posts. It, probably within the first hour even, and they're not really meaningful conversations. So like more than four words and not just a couple of emojis or not just a like that is really going to determine whether or not that piece of content, that post does anything really big or not. Now, if people start sharing stuff on on Facebook or they now you can share some things on Instagram, which is really, really neat. So those shares start to count towards that and that can help you out. So shares are good, but conversation is what these platforms have said that the platforms are about. Instagram and Facebook both said, what we care most about is fostering meaningful conversations for both of these. And so when you're post and your content actually fosters meaningful conversations, then you actually get help from the platform itself in having more people put eyes on that piece of content. And what that does, it tells the algorithm that my followers want to see this stuff, show it. And then more than the 0.05% or so of your followers who normally see your stuff will start to see your stuff. Thank you, Facebook. So Instagram is hot. Engagement matters most. What's number five? Well, it's kind of what we all knew. YouTube interest is high. (laughs) I love how they worded that. YouTube interest is on the rise in the church communications world. I feel like this is probably the first time I can really say that. In the world of technology and social media, the church is actually a little ahead of the marketing world. YouTube's been a great marketing platform for a long time, and many people have known it. But the church going, you know, we should really invest in YouTube, having people like Sean Can- Cannell uh, write books and 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 Trey uh, Van Camp uh, write you know blog posts and 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 put out great channels and stuff, and and all these YouTubers that we were like, oh, these dumb YouTubers. Now we're going. Mm, there's something to this. So maybe YouTube is something we should pay attention to. And we've been talking about that for about a year and now marketers are going, maybe we should think about YouTube. <laughs> I'm like, yes, punch the sky. It is uh 71% of marketers plan on increasing their use of YouTube video. And we're not talking about just live video. We're not just talking about hosting your sermons. We're talking about using the actual video, making content that is specific for your people. They, and it said 75% want to learn more about marketing on the platform. It's the number one video channel and it's already used by 57% of marketers. So that's significant. Um, number six, the last thing, major thing they pulled away from this and major findings, uh, that Facebook dominance is still strong. Uh, 94% of marketers use Facebook and Instagram is following it. 73% marketers are using Facebook and Instagram a lot. And that 61% of marketers claim that Facebook is their most important social platform. Uh, Facebook ads are used by 72% of marketers and 59% plan on increasing their use of Facebook ads over the next year. So those are the big, major, big findings of this. And I want to read a couple more that I found throughout the industry report, but those are big, man. Facebook is not where we put all of our eggs anymore. I really feel like diversifying is a wise strategy for churches. And I know that means like more platforms, but really thinking about like doing a little less on each and having something on each is probably a better strategy than just killing it at one like we used to. Because I, I remember the I used to say to church communicators, like, find one platform, do it really well. And then when you get good at that, move on to another thing. I don't know, man. I'm kind of rethinking that now because uh, you know, even though that's how you have to start, because probably you're the only one on your team doing this stuff, um, it might make sense to get start with one, get to about sixty percent. And start the other one and get that going, and try to have you know a decent amount of content on each one going because you do have different audiences now on each platform. You have different demographics on Instagram that you would get on a Facebook page. Start using group strategies on Facebook. Uh, I'm looking at our strategy honestly, and I'm our social at our church, and I'm just kind of going, man, it might be better for us if I post to the church's Instagram account, the content that we want to put out. And maybe even just post the same stuff to our Facebook page. But what I really start doing is resourcing all of my group Facebook group leaders with images and ideas so that they can post in their groups kind of as they want to so that I'm making a strategy happen, but they're the ones actually facilitating it and maybe I'm more of a coach resource for a bigger web of, of social media strategy instead of our office posting, creating, doing all of it for the church. And that's the one place people go. So diversifying away from the, the Facebook page, Instagram account, business account, one, two punch kind of strategy that we've had and looking at, you know, spreading out into groups with content, maybe Instagram becomes kind of your flagship church and then you, uh, church account. And then you've got YouTube stuff for for content that you're making that's coming out on YouTube. And you start really having a YouTube channel. That's more than just your messages. Maybe that's what we're going to. Um, I think that's what I would like to do. So I'm, we're strategizing now and trying to figure out how to do all that, but that might be a more realistic, successful plan going forward with what Facebook is doing with all these algorithms and smashing the newsfeed, et cetera. And now looking at pixel and what it's going to do. And, uh, it's, it's not really affecting a ton right now, but it will eventually probably change to something that, that does. Um, I don't know. It's, it's a crazy time for social media. Well, let me, let me shift gears a little bit into some other thoughts. Um, some of the things, 10% of marketers are decreasing organic, uh marketing on Facebook has said that 51 are increasing it, which is fewer than last year. Last year it was 62, said they're increasing it. Um 69% are increasing their Instagram marketing this year. 62% of marketers plan to increase YouTube marketing. Um, and then again, for the first time ever, the the platform that marketers want to learn more about isn't Facebook. It's Instagram. 72% said Instagram, 69% said Facebook, 67% said YouTube. Um, a few stats about video. Here's some other fascinating stuff that I just, man, I couldn't believe it. Um, let's talk about live video for a second, live video. Well, let's talk about regular video. Then we'll get to live video, regular videos, average popular video lengths for marketers was one to three minutes. So the average is one to three minute videos that they put out. And that's YouTube, Facebook, just kind of all of it, Instagram, whatever. It makes sense because as video gets put on Instagram, you have that one minute limit. And let's be honest, most of us are really not going to IGTV yet. I could see in the future maybe wanting to, again, diversify some more and sending because now you can send some of your your actual feed posts over to IGTV. Uh, I've seen Gary Vaynerchuk do that. I'm not sure if that's available to everyone yet, but I've seen some marketers do that. It's really fascinating where the video plays for a full minute and then it stops and it goes, watch more on IGTV. And you can click from the feed post to this IGTV video that opens automatically. It's really interesting. Like, that could be cool. That's, I think, a little better than having it in the story because in the story, you're kind of wanting to just consume a lot of content. And on the Instagram feed wall, you're not really there to watch a long form video. And that's always been the issue with video and Instagram. Video is great. But long form video, I'm not there to watch that. I'm not even there to watch live video on Instagram. I hardly, I, I hardly ever. I never watch live videos on Instagram. In fact, if I see you got a live video, I'm like, skip. I don't want to see that. Uh, that's just me though. But I think I feel like a lot of people are like that. But there's some marketers and influencers that really do well with it. So maybe they've got some tricks. You can go check them out. Maybe they've got some ideas for you. Um, this the there's always the debate. Do you turn the phone sideways and shoot horizontal? Do you shoot square? Do you shoot vertical? What kind of video is still most popular? Well, according to marketers, the types of videos that are still most popular are, are widescreen horizontal videos. 68% that of the videos they made are that aspect ratio and the vertical is only 18% and square video is the, whatever's left out of hundred percent. So most of all we're shooting, Still that widescreen cinema cinematic video shot that most cameras do. And to be honest, I know that like when you post a video that is square or vertical, it takes up more real estate on the phone screen. I heard that, I've used that, that's valid that's valid. However, what I'd also noticed is that having a horizontal video, man, it really doesn't make a ton of difference on Facebook. It may make a difference on Instagram, but it really doesn't make a big difference on Facebook, whether or not you've got vertical. And and I say that, I don't know. I'd have to see some stats. I might be wrong about that, but it doesn't feel to me like it does. Cause if I want to watch a video, I'll watch it no matter what Format. It's really in. If the video is compelling, I'll watch it, whether it takes up my whole screen or not. Now, there is something to be said about like if it takes up all your screen, there's less to distract you and you'll stay on the video longer. Maybe that's true, but uh, I don't really know the stats on that. That's not in here. But let's do talk about a stat that I've been saving for last because, man, this is crazy to me. As hard as church communication groups pushed live video in the last two years on Facebook and Instagram, it ain't doing so great with marketers. Honestly, I don't know about you. I've gotten a ton of resistance to using Facebook live and I understand the hangup. You make mistakes. It's out there. You fumble your words. It's out there. You do something dumb. It's out there. People can comment while you're talking, distract you. And that's a problem. People who don't really like being in front of the camera, which honestly, guys, is probably a lot of pastors. It really is. And we're asking our pastors to get up in front. They like being up on stage, but when you put a video camera in front of them, it just does something. And you know this, it is so different. It does something to you, and it's different. I, I know, I remember the first time I saw a video of myself. After I got on video and read a teleprompter and I looked like a moron, I have been in video after video after video and realized I've never read off a teleprompter. I've just been naturally conversating with the camera and that looked okay. But when you start having me read, oh my gosh, I look like a weirdo. It was so strange. And it's because different types of video setups just do different things to people. And a lot of pastors are, are really uncomfortable with being live on video because it's just vulnerable. And let's be honest, we have a lot of pastors that are easily targeted by people and they just don't want to open themselves up to it. And that's fair, guys. That's a fair assessment. So live video for, for uh, I know for churches probably hasn't done so well. Uh, I know you struggle with it. I do too. I really don't like going live a ton. I do a little bit in my Facebook group because that's my group, but I don't really go live on my own page because just anybody could see that. And man, I'm just, you know, friends from high school may come in and go, what are you doing now? This is weird. What is this video? Why am I seeing this? And it's like totally derails the whole thing you're trying to do. And you're like, uh, Hey man, I know we hadn't talked in two years, but could you stop cussing on the Facebook live, you know, or whatever. And and it's just like, you don't know what you're going to get and it's freaky. Um, but that's, so that's a fair thing. But live video really isn't that popular with marketers either. 34% said they use Facebook live marketing for marketing 13%. said they use Instagram live for some marketing purpose But get this, 43% of marketers said they don't do live video at all. 43% don't even touch it. And the average live video is 10 minutes long in a marketing world. 10 minutes. That gives you time to get people into the video, stick with you a little bit. Um, I I would challenge you with something that um, Jay Cranda from Saddleback said too. It's like with your live videos, with your videos online, always look at the... um, the average watch time, go, go into your stats and see like, when did people bail out of the video? And most people don't get more than 10 seconds of a watch of, of, of like paying attention, watching the video for 10 seconds. That's about the, that's about it. So all those live, video, I started looking at this too in ours and I started digging into our, uh, our sermon, you know, our live service we put online and I'm looking at our click click stuff and all these details And it's this 45 minute long service we put online, uh, sorry, hour and hour and 10 minute long service. And all these people comment and say, watching from so-and-so watching from so-and-so. And then they just leave. It's crazy. They just leave. They come in, they check in basically, and then they go, they don't watch the whole video. So our watch through rates are about, are about 10 seconds uh, on the average, which is not great. Even on our most, uh, our highest performing live video every week, watch throughs are about 10 to 15 seconds. Um, so let that sink in for a second the value of live video. It's kind of a novelty, it's kind of fun. There's some applications for it, and I'm sure there's some good uses for it. But honestly, the stats are just kind of weak, and the usage and adoption for it has been kind of lame uh most most marketers are going I just really don't know what to do with this and I can't get anybody that wants to do this. We don't want to put our raw foot forward even though that's what people probably would rather see. But we have a hard time finding people willing to be that uh person on camera that puts themselves out there and is okay with like the warts and all of me and it's, if if you're that kind of person kudos to you cuz that's you're rare. But most people in ministry aren't willing to do it. So live video has struggled. So let's take a little bit of a summary here. What are we trying to say? Well, these are trends, take them for what they're worth, see how they apply, apply to you. Uh, I want to leave you with three thoughts about social media. I've been thinking lately that some of this really reinforces, um, don't despair, you know, just kind of take it in stride and, and, and let's digest this information and go, what does this mean for us? And I think we're going to find ourselves in a much better situation if we do. But first I want to say, uh, social and content creation. Why is it important? Why is it important to make this stuff? Why, why do we do this in the first place? Because we have to remember why we do this, because if we don't, we get obsessed with all these numbers and details and how we're performing. And I want to make sure we understand that social media is a part of ministry, It is a part of ministry, but it, however, is not, uh, it is not the end all ministry. Like you would think of a a student ministry has all sorts of aspects of ministry. Social media doesn't have that. Social media is a part of ministry. It is not the ministry itself. It is part of ministry. So the first thing I want to say is that social media is the top of your funnel. It's not the whole funnel. So getting people to like, comment, et cetera, on social media is great, but if you don't have an end result in mind of getting them plugged into a home group, uh, attending your church, coming to a discipleship deal, or if you have an online church program, a system of some sort, getting them in one of your online groups, getting them somewhere where they're in community, where they're studying God's word, they're growing in their faith, or they're meeting Jesus. I don't know about you. I don't see a lot of people accepting Christ online. I just don't see it. I'm not saying it can't happen. I'm just saying it's probably not super likely to be the place that takes place. Uh, the place that takes place. Write that down. That's great. But it is, it is a place where you can start to funnel people towards a goal. And when you start to look at social media that way, then it starts to fit into your strategy and not become all of your strategy. Uh, I heard, I saw a friend of mine, uh, named Rob Lauder, who works at Summit Church, say that early, something earlier in a group tonight about how social media is not the end-all strategy for communicators, and we put a lot of stock into it. And we do, because it is a great way to attract and delight and entertain and connect, but it is not a great way to really necessarily get somebody saved. It can lead to that. That's my opinion. That's how I look at it. When, uh, when I'm at my church and whatever, and we're thinking about social media, I'm thinking about getting new eyes on stuff that can connect them to hope, that can connect it to our people, because the people are the ones that are going to actually make that connection meaningful. And so when we connect them with people in different groups, that's why we have 30 Facebook groups for different things, anywhere from ministries to volunteering to campuses to just special interests like riding a motorcycle. We've got stuff like that for everybody because we want you to find your people, because the people are through whom The Holy Spirit has almost always worked. Right, he works through people to reach new people, and so social media is just a way to connect people to people, and that's how it fits into our strategy. So, don't think of social as like this. Oh no, the algorithm is all is going to mess us all up. No, just think about how to dance around that a little bit, because your goal isn't to be be uh, to get likes and comments. Your goal is to connect people to people, and that's what Facebook is trying to do. I think with the meaningful conversations thing on social media. So if you can treat your social media like it's a content marketing platform if you're a marketer, but like a a uh, a coffee shop, like Life Church likes to say. So it's, it's not a billboard, it's a coffee shop. They like to say we're going to have conversations with people here and we're going to try to bring them into our 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 community. That's great. That's a great strategy for social media. Right now that seems to be what the social media platforms and what people are after. So that's the first thing. It's top of funnel, it's not the whole funnel. The second thing is why you would do this is because social and content actually increases your what's called thought leadership. And when you have content out there, it's you're in, you're entering a space of conversation about topics, whether that's parenting, whether that you're making blog posts about, uh, spiritual growth or your marriages or, um, whatever it is that you're doing, how to parent or video games, or you're helping parents understand music of today, whatever it is you're doing podcasts, Social media posts, YouTube shows, vlogs, whatever it is you're doing to create social media content, it increases your thought leadership. And what that means is that people start to trust you to know a little bit about that stuff so that they can trust that when they come to the church there's thing, and they come to a Bible study or a class or whatever it is, that there's an authority there that's kind of a, and maybe you don't like the word authority, there's, a, there's an expertise there that makes makes it easier to take your word and trust you. Um, so it increases trust is really what we're, I, I think I'm getting at, your thought leadership. It increases trust with people that you're not just spouting off a bunch of random stuff, right? The third thing is that social media creates brand evangelists. Now what I mean is these are people in the church world that are just really excited about about your church. And really they're excited about their faith. But social media can create people that really love what you put out, what you do at your church, and they want to share it every time it comes out. It's They want to talk about it. They want to say, I love my church. They, that's the people who say, I love my church. I love our church. They check into Facebook. They're the ones that check in. They they Google review every week, and they just love what you do. These are called brand evangelists. These are people that you don't pay to go out and tell other people about how great it is to be here. And social media can create an environment where people who are fired up about what's going on, because God's moving, God's doing great things in their life, and he's using the church to do it. They're excited, and they want to tell people about it. Well, here's some content. Just share it. That's easy. And social media is an easy way for people to share content that you've made that represents them well, that they're excited about, that then they can bring other people and connect them to what's going on. And their friend groups, I guarantee they know people that aren't believers. And so when they share your content, now their audience becomes your audience. And you get a chance to be in front of people that normally would not pay attention to you. And that, my friends, is valuable. And so we do that and by creating brand evangelists and social media, when you connect these dots with social media, what it's kind of about, that's where you start to create these fans. They're they're fanatics, they're fans for you. And they want to share your stuff and they want to talk about you. And this is not a manipulation. This is simply an empowerment of people who are already pumped and you say, okay, you want to share something? Here's a post, here's a vlog here's a video, here's a podcast. We made this stuff because we believe in it, we believe it helps, but here you go, and they can't wait to tell their friends about it. So social media is great for doing those things for you as part of your strategy. If you wanna get the report, you can go to socialmediaexaminer.com and I believe it's the first post, but you can you just put in your email address and they'll send it to you for free. It's a fifty-some odd page report on the state industry standards right now of social media. It's great. Social media examiner is trustworthy man. Michael Stelzner is the leader of that. They have a podcast. They, he's had blogs for years. They're an authority. They always do their homework, and you can trust what they say. So I, I fully support their their facts and their data so go check that out you can read the rest of it there i'll link to it at the show notes the show notes will be at sethnews.com slash 85 and i really appreciate you guys listening go and uh, write a review of this podcast if you like what you heard and i will see you again soon later